Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. We're preparing for our 30th anniversary in the next couple of weeks. We're going to let you know in the next week or so what our plans are. We've got some fresh ideas of the way maybe we can do this. And we're excited to still celebrate Now Church's 30th birthday, 30th anniversary coming up in just a couple of weeks. Today's message is called The God Who Answers. He is God. As we celebrate this powerful resurrection day, I want you to know the Bible says that Jesus arose at the darkest time when he went the lowest to the lowest places of the earth into hell itself. Jesus arose. Church, we will arise. We will arise from this and we will be better, we'll be stronger, and we're gonna see God do wonders and miracles among us. Don't give up. Our theme this month is called Stranger Things. Such a weird time. Last week we began to look at life lessons from a prophet called Elijah. This guy was social distancing long before it became a thing. God called him to a brook called Cherith, which meant a cutting away or separation time. And in that place, God revealed himself. And God took care of him. He fed him. He gave him good spring water. He took care of everything. And uh, the Lord revealed himself as his source. The Bible says twice a day, he got barbecue. He he, He got fresh meat from ravens. He got fresh water from the brook. He had everything he needed until the brook dried up. And in that case, God was calling him to a new time and a new season where he went to Zarephath, a place of refining. We said that Elijah went through seasons of preparation, provision, and purification in order to mature him for divine service. And that's where I believe we are going through as a body, as the body of Christ worldwide right now. And we finished last week with Elijah's call for repentance to his people, to the people of God, to his nation. And we're, we're calling for repentance in this time as well. He stood there in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. The Bible says, Elijah came to all the people and he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow him. But if Baal, if the devil, if a demon spirit is God, then follow him and see what happens. But the people answered him, not a word. It's interesting sometimes when people are confronted with something that they, when they don't know what to say, sometimes they don't say anything even that indicts them with their own guilt. My question is this Easter Sunday, whom will you follow? Whom will you follow? You're gonna follow your own feelings? You're gonna follow your own fears? Are you gonna follow the freak out of the world and it's a conspiracy and it's this and it's that and it's political and it's this and no, no, no. Who are you gonna follow? The Bible says the first thing that Jesus said when he came to his disciples, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I wanna call you to follow Jesus today in a brand new way as he answers prayer, as he answers. The God who answers, he is God. Now, as Elijah issues the challenge, he issues this challenge of dueling sacrifices. 
Anybody remember the, the old song, Dueling Banjos? It was this, this old, old song in the 70s. And it, this is Elijah's plan. He said, let's do dueling sacrifices. You guys offer to your God a bull and offer my God an offering of a bull and we'll see whose God actually answers and participates in the process. And that's no bull. Anyway, and that's, a, that's a different thing. So, so he, says, he says, okay. And he even lets these guys choose the bull for themselves first. And he says in verse 23, therefore, 1 Kings 18, 23, therefore let us cut two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. He said, look, if you think it's about the best bull, if the best bull wins, you choose the bull first. Get the best bull, I don't care. And then he says, let him choose it, let him cut it, let him lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. That's the key. And I'll prepare the other bull, whatever you don't choose, and I'll lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods. You got a bunch of them? You think they're so big and bad? Call on them, pray. See what happens. He said, and I'll call on the name of the Lord God. I'll call on the name of Yahweh. I'll call on the name, the I am. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. So it's on. Father, would you help me to proclaim your word today that would change us and bring us from death to life, from pain to resurrection. In Jesus' name. When Elijah lays down the gauntlet, he basically says this, let's find out if there's a God who actually answers prayer and interacts relationally with people. Let's see if there's a God who's alive and the God who answers by fire, he is God. Is there a God who's alive? Is this just, is this just about religious rituals? Is this just about going through motions? Is this just about traditions? For us, I'm missing helicopters today. I'm missing the candy drop. We talked to parents on Good Friday evening as we came for the prayer rally the other night, and many of them came by and said, our little girls don't get to wear their Sunday Easter dresses, and so they're wearing them tonight, and they wanted to show them off, even as they were going by the pastors, and they just want to say, look, you know, this is special for us, but we're, we're sacrificing something. You don't get to show off, and, and man, we don't get to do our usual, usually there are, Two to 3,000 people on our property today. Every Easter for the last many years, this was gonna be, I don't know, our 11th or 12th, I don't know, I lost count. But this was gonna be a big day for us. This is our Super Bowl, because this is the day Jesus arose. He got up from everything that pushed him down that tried to tell him he was finished, and he said, no, you're finished. The plague is over, the plague is finished. All those things that Passover celebrates, that's what's broken. So I'm missing helicopters and we're missing seeing hundreds of children and their families here today. But I'll tell you what, God is moving. As we celebrate this Easter, we look at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the passion. Some portray God as simply the rule giver, the God who waits for people to fail so he can slap them down. Yet throughout the Bible, we keep hearing about a redeemer. Even in the Old Testament, we, we hear of these shadows about 
a redeemer that would live and come, a Messiah would be born. The holy God that identifies with human beings redemptively instead of judgmentally. 2 Peter 3, 9 from the God's Word translation says this, the Lord isn't slow to do what he promised. Can I take a minute there, just a second there? For some of you think this isn't, why hasn't God shown up yet? This isn't going as fast as I thought. Hey, me too. But the Bible says the Lord isn't slow to do what he promised, as some people think. Rather, look, he is patient for your sake. He doesn't want to destroy anyone, but wants all people to have an opportunity to turn to him and change the way they think and change the way they act. Our God isn't slow. Our God is just the one who is infinite in mercy. And in that infinite mercy, he's not rushing to speed up time so he can catch as many people napping as he wants to, to try to bring judgment. In fact, he seems slow sometimes for the sake of the lost, the broken, the disenfranchised. And I wanna say this, the backslidden. What's a backslider? Well, it's a, it's a Bible word that means somebody that used to have a relationship with the Lord that for whatever reason, life came along and knocked them out. And in that, through that time, they lost their passion, they lost that relationship, or they gave it away. Today, I believe all over this world, the greatest harvest of souls and lives can be transformed. I believe it is the will of God that today, that people all over the world, that even that were raised in church, that at one point actually prayed to receive Jesus, or maybe it was a head knowledge, but they never received a heart change. God loves you, and he loves the whole world. And sometimes when he slows things down and doesn't move fast enough in what we see as the redemption that we need, understand he's trying to include more in the redemption. He's trying to have a bigger, a bigger way for people to find life and find him. We're reminded even in dangerous times and especially in dangerous and crisis moments that God always gives people clear choices. <clears throat> That's what this whole thing is about. God always gives people clear choices. He doesn't force his will. At the end of Moses' life, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, Moses stands there as the people of God are about to cross into their promised land. He's waited 40 years for it. And you know what? God said, you're not going. I need you some other place. And in verse 19, Moses stands on a hill, on a mountain. And he said, I've called heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing, cursing. Therefore, choose life. Look at this. God not only gives the test, then he gives you the answer. He says, I have set before you choices in this time. Life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him. That's real relationship. For he is your life and the length of your days. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. God gives you multiple choices and then tells you what the right answer is. 
And the choices you make today are affecting your entire family, your seed, your descendants. In other words, some of your struggle is hereditary, but that doesn't mean you can blame them, but I want you, you have to take responsibility for the future, for the generations that come after you, for your children and your children's children. That's why we sing that song of the, of the blessing and the breakthrough that God proclaims. Your seed is supposed to be mighty on the earth. Do you want your life to be harder or easier? For the, for the next generation. Do you want life to be harder or easier for your kids and your grandkids? Because you have a choice. That's why Joshua, in his time of leadership, toward the end of his life, stands on a mountain and says this in verse 15 of Joshua 24. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose yourselves this day whom you'll serve. God always gives a choice. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, the idols of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But Joshua makes this proclamation. But as for me and my house, my whole household, we will serve the Lord. Elijah made the bold decision to trust God, even in drought and in famine. And I believe there's a fresh anointing of boldness coming upon God's people right now. I believe this Resurrection Day and this Easter Sunday is about that spirit of Elijah, the heart of Elijah that turns the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. I believe there's a fresh anointing of the boldness of Elijah to come upon the church to prophetically declare that our God is alive and without shame to challenge people to make a choice and to make a decision. Don't keep playing the game. Don't keep one foot in the world and one foot in the church. It's time to make a decision. And then you'll see what the results are of what that decision does, not only to you, but to future generations. Elijah knew that our God is alive. Elijah knew that God would answer because he's alive. He's not a God of religion. He knew God would respond to sacrifice. He knew God would respond to an offering for sin. And he set up an ambush against the idol worshipers. In fact, he let the prophets of Baal go first. And the Bible says they started calling upon their demons from morning until noon and nothing happened. So he stepped up and he kind of mocked them at lunchtime. If you want to see brash, you want to see bold, you want to see a little bit of, a little bit of strength, yeah. Um, Elijah stepped up and said, hey, where's, where's your gods? Where are they? Are they busy? Are they uh, maybe uh, taking a lunch break? Are they taking a nap? Maybe they're sleepy. And Elijah steps back and says, go on, continue, keep calling upon your gods. And so all afternoon, the Bible says they cut themselves to shed blood. Nothing happened. They chanted, they pleaded, they did everything, they begged, but nothing happened. And finally in the evening, sometimes you ever notice, sometimes God uh, wants the glory so much that he waits for the best moment the most dramatic moment, the, the moment where no one can doubt that God did something. That's what I believe is about to happen in this time and this season. I believe with all my heart that God is gonna show up, that he is showing up and that he's gonna get the glory, not the medical world, not the doctors, not the medical professionals, not the governments. I believe the kingdoms of our Lord shall become the kingdoms of our, of our God and of his Christ. I believe the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. 
In the evening, Elijah steps up and puts 12 stones, which we talked about as our foundation stones a couple of years ago. First Kings 18.30, Elijah said to all the people, now come near to me. After they had called on their gods all day long and nothing happened, remember that, nothing happened. Their gods didn't even answer. Why? Because they're dead. They have no power, not compared to our God. And so he said, come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And the first thing he did, the Bible says, he repaired the altar, the worship space, the altar of the Lord that was broken down. I believe God wants to repair, as I said recently, the altar of worship is being repaired so that worship is not just in our church buildings, that worship is in our homes again. Worship is led not just by our worship leaders, but worship is led by the moms and the dads and the, and the, the kids and, and, and the relatives, the people in the homes and in the households begin to worship God, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. The church will never be the same again, will never be contained in a little box again. Why? Because we are the church of the living God. In a thousand years, nobody will remember Microsoft or Apple They'll never remember Google. They won't remember Starbucks. But in a thousand years, if the Lord tarries, we will still be here, the church. God's church has endured 2,000 years of destruction, of plagues, of beatings, of persecution, of being burned at the stake, of being threatened, and yet rising up and proclaiming the love of God and the power of God, even in moments where they themselves were giving up their lives. The martyrs of the past gave up their, their lives as a sacrifice because they knew that Jesus did the greatest sacrifice. And then as he repaired the altar of worship, Elijah did something curious. He had, he, he had four huge water pots filled to the brim and he poured water out onto the bull three times and saturated it. Why? I've heard people preach, well, he wanted to make it really hard. If you wet the sacrifice, it can't possibly burn. Well, how hard is that for God? It's not about that. The bull, my friends, wasn't the real sacrifice. In a time of drought, the most precious thing you could offer is what you lack the most. And what do you lack in drought? You lack the water. He had 12 huge barrels full of water poured upon the sacrifice. You know, we often say that in order to reap a harvest, you have to sow a seed and you reproduce. Every seed reproduces after its own kind. So to get rain, to get water, you have to give up some water. You have to give some water. Sometimes back in the old days when you had to prime a pump, my, my mother's family home in Southern New Jersey, we had an old pump in the backyard, an old well that you had to, and you had to get the pump going. Sometimes they wouldn't use it for a long time, but I can remember as a child, they would bring a thing full of, a pitcher full of water and they would pour water down into that well and they would prime the pump. And only, the only way to get water to flow was to take the water you had and pour it down that well and then start priming the pump and then the water would come and it would be fresh. Eventually it'd be fresh and clean and cold and pure. Everything reproduces after its own kind. The Bible says in the New Testament, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That's a clue for us. God wanted a family that wanted him. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Jesus went to the cross as a seed because God wanted a family 
And he know, knew that in order to get a family that was holy and pure, mankind had already messed that up. He had to send his only begotten son as a seed so God could reap a harvest of relationships with people that would surrender to him. That's when Elijah knew the battle was already won in the spirit realm. The moment he poured that water on, he could confidently say, show these people who the real God is. Show them that you consume sacrifices. Show them that you're alive. Show them that you're not just like these other gods of stone and, and wood and hay and stubble. Show them that you're alive and that you're real. And he says this as he prays, Father, confirm that you're turning hearts of people back to yourself. And he says, now let heaven touch the earth. Let heaven touch the earth. Let the fire fall from heaven to show that you're really God. In 1 Kings 18, verse 38, it says, then the fire, Lord, fell. Then the fire, Lord, fell. Then the fire, Lord, When? When he poured out the water and he gave a real sacrifice of the thing that was the most precious, symbolizing what God would do when he sent Jesus to the cross. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. And look at this. And it licked up, the fire of God licked up the water that was in the trench, consumed it. Now when all the people saw it, saw this, they fell on their faces. The people that had been quiet before, when Elijah said, if the Lord is God, then then serve him. If, the, if these demon gods are gods to you, then serve them. See what happens. And they answered not a word. Now, when they see this interaction that God is alive, they fall on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. Yahweh, the great I am, he is God. My friends, when they made their decision, then they made their declaration. When they made their decision, they made their declaration. What is your declaration this Easter Sunday morning for your family? During this worldwide pandemic, what is your declaration? Are you lamenting and moaning and groaning about what you lost, what you don't have anymore, what you've taken for granted? Turn your eyes toward heaven. The Bible says, I will lift up my eyes into the hills where my help comes from because my help comes from the Lord, comes from heaven, comes only from above. Have you received Jesus as your perfect sacrifice? Is he Lord? What have you learned through the last month of separation from normalcy? Have you just learned how irritated everybody can get with each other? Have you just learned how, well, I just don't like this. I'm tired of it. Hey, welcome to the club. We're all tired of it. But the whole world is in the same boat, basically, being limited in many ways. And the enemy, quite frankly, would love to enslave us in this moment and just get us to retreat and never be the same again in the wrong way. But I proclaim to you that this crisis moment will, will be over soon. But here's the question. When it is, what choice will you make then? Will you go back to simply existing or will you surrender to the abundant life Jesus came to give you? My friends, I want to invite you. Pastor Lindsay, help me. I wanna invite you to accept the free gift of salvation today because that's the bottom line. In your life, God wants to do something great. But you, listen, if I had a, if I had a gift here, if I had a, a present for you and I handed it to you and you just let it fall to the ground, 
we would say, well, you didn't really get it. When somebody gives you a present or a gift, what do you have to do? You have to first take it in your own hands, receive it. And then you have to open it up, see what's inside and say, thank you. I wanna invite you right now, no matter what your relationship with the Lord has been like, I wanna invite you to have Jesus Christ come into your life in a real and a personal and an intimate way. We've described to you today that salvation is a free gift. But here's the challenge. What you have to do is you have to begin to look at that moment and take this free gift for yourself. Hold it in your hands and respond. Thank you. It's mine. And then you open it and you see what's inside. We want to help you to grow. We have our Next Steps classes that'll begin again in a few weeks. Can't wait to help people grow again. That's what this life is about. We're not here celebrating religion or tradition or rituals. We're here to proclaim that Jesus is alive. Would you take that gift? Would you pray with me right now? Wherever you are watching, I'm handing you an invitation to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the life you can have through that. Will you take it in your hands by saying yes? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person who's viewing, every person who's part of this, every person who's watching, every person who's looking, every person who's groping and grasping, looking for something to make sense in a world that quit making sense a few weeks ago. Father, would you reveal the precious gift of Jesus Christ and inside that gift, the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit to move into people's lives. I pray for an Easter miracle that people would respond and be changed from the inside out in Jesus' name. If you respond to that, would you do one more thing? Would you begin to, would you just write us an email at mail at nowchurch.com, M-A-I-L at nowchurch.com. Or you can write there on whatever you're, if you're watching on Facebook Live or YouTube, would you let us know that God has done something, that today something maybe have gone, has gone from here to here and that you respond to that invitation? That would mean the world to us because that's the celebration. It's not about helicopters. It's not about candy. That's something we do to help and bless our community. But this is the true message of Easter. Finally this, after the fire fell, Elijah knew that he knew that he knew that he knew that he knew that the spiritual turning point had come, that the price had been paid and that the plague or the drought, the, the emergency condition of the world at that time was over. And the prophet declared this, and I declare it with him by faith. He said, okay, it's done. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I hear the sound of gatherings again. I hear the sound of children playing together. I hear the sound of people gathering together and not taking for granted just the ability to look each other in the eye and to express love and confidence and encouragement to each other. I hear the sound of abundance, the sound of an abundant supply of jobs and better jobs. I hear the sound, but even when he said it, the Bible says it didn't rain right away. 
Isn't that weird? He said, I hear the sound, but nothing happened in the natural. So he goes to a mountain and he prays. He's in intercession. He's praying. He's in birthing prayer position. And he sent his servant to the mountain, to the horizon to look. And he says, hey, go up. I want you to see there's going to be a cloud coming because the rain is coming as sure as my name is Elijah. And the servant goes up to the mountain like people looking at the news right now. And the servant says, I don't see anything changing. I don't see anything. And then the servant, I don't know why he does it, but he keeps coming back. And he keeps saying, nope, I don't see anything. I think it's gonna be the same old thing in a month, two months, five months, six months, and a year. Get out of your Eeyore thinking and get back to your Tigger bouncing, please. Because at the end of the day, Elijah sends him back seven times. And on the seventh time, the servant comes back. He says, well, I think I see something. Seven times, Elijah had to say, and I'm telling you this right now. Seven times, Elijah said, go look again. Go look again. Go look again. I don't care what Dr. So-and-so says. Go look again, because our God is gonna get glory as this thing is turned. Our God is gonna get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Go, my friends, go look again. I hear the sound of the coronavirus breaking down to the name of Jesus and bowing to his name. I hear the sound of disease and, and death shrieking away because it lost the battle because Jesus has won the victory. I don't know when the manifestation is coming, but it's coming. I know it like I know that I know that I know that every knee shall bow. It's resurrection time. If you don't see it, you keep hearing about it on the Antichrist news media, go look again. Keep watching the horizon because a brand new day of the Lord is coming and revival is on the way. I hear the sound. It's coming. Father, in Jesus' name, would you bless your people and empower and strengthen us to endure this season and to go forth in faith, looking on the horizon again and again, saying, yes, I see a cloud. It may be small. It may be the size of a man's hand, but the rain is on the way and the plague, the virus is broken in Jesus' name. Keep praying, keep believing, and keep watching the horizon because we're gonna gather again in a few weeks. And when we do, the party is gonna be on. God bless you on this resurrection day. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.